Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. Today I have Kai Dana, who is a designer and art director who has a passion to connect his craft with a good story. Kaisan has worked for some well-known brands through the San Francisco Bay Area, like Tesla, Solar City, Boosted Boards, Moment, and currently at Rivienne. What attracted me to Kaisan initially was his design portfolio website. His website was designed with style, great imagery, and really just told a story about what he has worked on. I love how he believes that design and storytelling is a powerful medium to create change. But beyond that, Kaisan just seems to love to create, whether that's with a camera, illustrating on paper, or utilizing his design skills to craft prototypes. Check out his portfolio website at kaisondana.com, which is spelled at K-Y-S-O-N-D-A-N-A.com. And if you want to see some of his beautiful photography, go check out his photography blog journal at sarahkai.com, and that's S-A-R-A-K-Y.com. And I'll make sure all those websites are posted on his Scotch Potter story on scotchpotter.com. Otherwise, I'm just super excited to speak with you, Kaisan, today for you to share your creator journey and offer some insights on your craft. Thank you for being here again, and I will pass it on to you for your say hello and your brief intro. Cool. Thanks, Rick. Uh, I'm flattered by the intro, so thanks for uh, putting that all together. Absolutely. And uh, it's awesome to be here with you. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a designer here in the Bay Area. I've been in the Bay Area for about six years now. Um, I've got two kids. Uh couple month old baby and then a, a six year old and dealing with the COVID pandemic on top of that. So it's just kind of fun layers of chaos on top of layers of chaos, but it's, it's great. Awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Congratulations to that uh, for your new baby. You. It's a, uh... I, like I we mentioned a little bit before, it's uh, I understand that chaos. It's uh, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's okay. something it's chaotic, but it's something that you just enjoy in a, in a weird way. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's it's really rewarding. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So so have you um, as far as uh, are you born and raised San Francisco? Where are you? Where, where are you no, born? no. Yeah, I grew up in a really small rural town in like Idaho and Wyoming. So. Okay. Uh, I actually grew up like working on farms, uh, building houses and pouring concrete, like very, very like labor inducive, like job experience there. Uh Um, Right there on the border of Idaho and Wyoming. So like near Jackson Hole and Yellowstone and all that. So it's kind of funny now, like being in the tech world, because (laughs) this world was so far from anything that I grew up with. So (laughs) I feel sometimes like a fish out of water, but Uh uh, I think it's okay. It kind of gives a unique perspective on everything. Uh-huh, absolutely. It, yeah. when, so when did you move over to the Bay Area then? Um, yeah, about six years ago now. So we... Okay. Yeah, I grew up grew up kind of moving back and forth between Idaho and Wyoming at different times. We had families on each in each state mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Went, went there. Um, after high school, I moved to Alaska for a little while and worked up there as a river guide. Um, and then... Uh, kind of jumped around. I, I ended up in Russia for a couple of years, uh, wow. and then eventually Salt Lake City, and then over here to the Bay Area. Wow! 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 Okay, so then, so as far as you know, going through your life as a, and we could start off really, really young. Were yeah. you always? Were you that type of? Were you always a creative? Or did you always find yourself doing some type of artsy type of thing, or did were you more of the 
entrepreneur, lemonade stand. Uh, how would you describe yourself as a kid? No, I was I was definitely like the creative type as a kid. I don't think I had that label as a kid to like okay. reference and understand what was <laughs> happening. And I didn't know any anyone that like had a career in a creative field. But like for myself, I was always creating artwork or like building tree houses or just like living in like a very introspective, like, you know, introverted world where I was just kind of like off doing my own thing and thinking about my own ideas. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, so it's uh, definitely like creative type though, like right from the young, young, young age. I remember I had a, I had a, a book like as a kid, like as a six-year-old that I called my portfolio book. And I, I only had a certain number of pages in it. And uh -huh. uh, like it was those like clear sheets, you know, that you'd slip like your drawings into. Uh -huh, uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and then when I'd create a new drawing, I had to like lay them all out and decide like, is this one better than the other ones? Or should I like, should wow. I replace it? Or is it, is it not worthy to make the portfolio? And so then I'd curate it out. So it was like, and nobody like, it was weird. Nobody like taught me to think that way. It was just kind of like naturally wow. started to happen of like always curating what I was working on and like, thinking how it looks as a, a collection of goods together. So it was funny then to hear your intro about the portfolio site, because that's, that's just kind of like what's been part of my framework forever as a creative. Wow, that's a, that's pretty amazing. I mean, we'll kind of talk about your portfolio too, but but that makes sense, man. Like you've, you've always been doing your own portfolios and, you know, before the computer aspect of it, your illustrations. <laughs> right. And, and the fact that that's pretty amazing. That's cool. That's a cool uh, yeah. Kind of a thought of where you end up, but um, but how? Um, so then you were doing that as a kid. When did you kind of was like, you know what? I see myself as a designer. Was it a straight? You know, you knew that's what you wanted to do, or was it kind of like you were still no, trying to figure no. it out? Yes, yeah, still trying to figure it out. And honestly, I still feel like I'm trying to figure that out too, still <laughs> to this day, despite being in the design career. But as a kid. Um, I basically up up through high school was like I had a bunch of creative friends and we we made skateboards together and like I was the designated one at the end of the like press that we built I I put the artwork on the skateboard and like I came up with the logo for the brand and then we had um we had a band and we'd like host little uh shows and stuff in our community huh. and invite other bands to come and so it was always my job to work on like promoting the event and building uh -huh. the posters and like branding the experience and i didn't have any like words to go with what was happening it would kind of just it's what i was drawn to and i started doing it and it wasn't for quite a while until i realized that like oh this is a this is a profession like people get paid to think like this and to do this sort of thing when that when that moment happened i think for me was when um I was probably like 18 at the time and there was a, a non-profit group called Invisible Children and they uh -huh. were doing a lot of work um, to like end a war with uh, in Africa where there was a lot of like child slavery happening. Okay. Um, and they, I had an opportunity to basically promote an event in our community and host a film premiere for one of their videos in a local theater that we had. And I made all these posters and spread them around the community was able to raise some funding from the city to get this film to show. Wow. And then we had like a packed theater of people show up and attend this event and we raised a bunch of money. And that's when it sort of like clicked of like, okay, I, I can like, I can do this and do this in a way that like actually gets people to do something, not just like buy a skateboard or like come and listen to music, but like 
oh, we can actually like move people to create change in the world. And that, that was the moment when I was like, okay, like this is it. This is what I want to figure out how to do more of. Nice. That, that's cool. Yeah. So, so were you already, um, cause I know when we will talk about your style as yeah. far as creating, you know, creating a story behind your message and creating well, through your design work. Right. Is that yeah. kind of, how would you define that? Like how in the, in, a, in the, the design world? Yeah, that's a, a good question. It's funny because I don't set out to have a style. It kind of just happens. Uh, it's not something that's super intentional. Yet when I look at like my work together, I can see that I, I do have a style and I do have a way of approaching it. Something that comes up a lot for me is the feeling of like, this feels like an overused buzzword, but like authentic. Like I want it to feel not, not just like authentic, but like... Um, like kind of human. So everything, uh, everything, especially right now in like the tech world and on computers, it's so clean and like perfect. Uh -huh. And I love looking for ways where we can take that last 10% and maybe intentionally add just like a little bit of imperfect imperfection or like moments when it can feel like, like there's like, there's a person behind this creating this, you know, uh -huh. like uh, it was, it was a big deal for me, like growing up and realizing once I started to work with these brands that these brands don't just happen, like people make the brands and people make all these decisions. And so I love like trying to find moments when that can kind of like show through a little bit in the design work without necessarily detracting from like how good a brand looks, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's cool. That, that, that is really cool. The way that you, um, you, I guess you, you're the authenticity of that is because it is it is created from a human <laughs> so yeah. because and, and it's like i totally see what you're saying like because everything needs to be especially with ux right everything is like minimalism and, and make sure there's right. enough white space and it's perfect and clean but there's a lack sometimes there's a lack of authenticity of this is really created by a human and that's cool that you yeah. saw that angle and yeah and even if it's just a little bit but it has your touch on it <laughs> right right and I, I think especially as ux designers um you're different than an artist. So you're not necessarily creating something new. A lot of times when you're designing, you're often just like orchestrating people's attention to pay attention to something. So even going way back to designing like this poster for this nonprofit organization to get people to come watch this movie, um, you're using the poster to catch people's eye, to get their attention so that they'll be motivated to action compared to like, creating art where you're just wanting to like impress people with something beautiful and art can definitely communicate and it has a little bit of the same flair but I think the difference with design is it's it's like I want you to I want you to notice it and see it and appreciate it and then I want you to go and do something because of that so in UX design that's often like I want you to click this thing yeah. I want you to go here and do that but I like I like thinking of it a bit as like how do you direct attention and then and then motivate to action and like anything you do in design that can do that is like is good and that's where i think having a little bit of a human element helps motivate you to take action because it, it doesn't feel like it's a robot you know asking you to do something it's like okay there's there's emotion behind this the copy is right the visuals are right and it's intriguing it relates like human to human as opposed to like human to machine kind of a thing yeah 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 no that, that oh totally 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 so then like so one thing i found like as far as just coming really just have had that because I almost want to say like we're multimedia creatives right but sometimes when right. I look up that definition they talk about it's not as it's not as 
it's like you know being an illustrator being a graphic designer and working on um magazines or whatever it may be like the way that they find it um but so when you the basically you have the power and this is the beauty of the design aspect is these prototypes right you literally could think of an idea and you can put it and that's the beauty of technology and computers you can actually make this prototype and right. so as far as is that something that you that is that something you do like you just kind of have fun with like well you know i can actually make a design and create based on my idea yeah definitely i think that's that right there is like the special sauce power of design and i think why we live in this like really cool moment to be a designer because um not to like shit on business people at all but business people like have all the ideas and then it's like they they don't have the ability to then take that idea and like connect it home and be like and this is what it could look and feel like and this is how it can work um so as a designer i think that's the part that i just love is like like we can take an, an idea and we can discover it we can do research and come up with something and then we can create like prototypes and mock-ups and like almost like taste it and feel it and make that dream sort of feel tangible long before you've actually invested, you know, all this money into building like a new website or, or a new brand. You can like, you can sit with it and be like, is it right? And if it's yeah. not, then like change some stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like, um, uh, like sculpting, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, can, you can, you can shape the clay before you have to commit to like, yeah, this is what I want in the oven. And this is exactly yeah. how I want it baked. And it's fun to like kind of be in that middleman process where you get to do that. Yeah, and and the cool thing is, is if you don't like the way something looks, you can just press delete. Right. <laughs> instead, right. instead of like building a home where you're like, oh crap, that doesn't look good. Got to bring it all down. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's like no, like low, low stakes. You know what I mean? Like no, like take risks, do whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's just pixels yeah. on a screen, and then like, yeah. if you want to change, just change it. Yeah, for yep. sure, for sure. No, that that's dope. Like that's that's that is definitely like I love that power. And then you had mentioned really, uh, you had mentioned research, right? That's something yeah. that um, you know. Again, I'm just I de definitely don't have the experience. Obviously, that you you're you're great. You're obviously you're on your way to master of your craft, right? But um, but the power of doing user research is really unbelievable. The fact that you can get a actual you know users that would actually use your product and you get that feedback and then you you reiterate your design and it's exactly what they kind of what they want and i i think that's the beauty right. of you know going back taking the information and 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 being able to design something that's you know the market will tell you if it's going to work or not but at least you right. have a head start <laughs> as far as the user yeah I, and i think that's something that i didn't quite grasp fully when i set off to be a designer was there's a lot of like psychology and design of like i want to sit down uh, like rick tell me what your problem is that you're facing no. and like help me understand it and then i might even help you realize that the problem you think you have isn't the problem you actually have and and it's this whole like process of this give and take until you you kind of deconstruct everything until you get to like the source of truth and then from there then usually when you find that source of truth like an opportunity kind of opens up where you're like okay like this is where the secret sauce is going to be for your business and now let's explore and see what types of things we can do with that to like answer that. And that that part, like that front end work of being a designer, um, it, that stuff gets me so excited, even more so than like the visuals that you end up creating at the end. Early on, it was like, 
it was the visuals and it was like the eye candy. And now I just love like, uh, sort of being this like investigative journalist and like sitting down with people and asking questions and discovering something like really new and then yeah. you're going to make it, which is also fun, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, sure, for sure. Well, I mean, talk about process. Like what is, uh, what is, what is your creative process if you do find yourself in a project that you really want to take on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it starts with that. So like define the problem, understanding the problem really clearly. The better you can understand the problem, the better you can come up with a solution for it. It seems like when the problem is vague, then your solution is kind of going to be vague and it's going to be hard to understand if you did what you were hoping to do. Um, so and then once you've got the problem defined, then you can, you'll, you'll get this insight of like, okay, here's the opportunity we have. Um, and what I like to do is create some guardrails to shape how I then move forward. So like some principles that might, might frame how we're going to tackle this. Um, I'm trying to think of like an example. So we might say like, Hey, we realize that, uh, Rick in this business that you're starting, um, the audience that you're talking to are these type of people, and this is what they want to hear. Um, and these are the ways we're going to get there. So we're going to make sure we're always like, like being genuine is like a true thing, like a principle. And like, this is another principle and this is another principle. And then everything we, we create after that, we can like check and balance ourselves against those principles that we agreed on. So I guess I, I emphasize now in my career that front part because the work as beautiful as it may be, won't work unless what you're aiming for is like really clear and well-defined. Um, and then after that, like once you've got that in, like you basically defined your sandbox that you're playing in and then it's time to play and you can like create mock-ups and you can design whatever you can pull inspiration from different places. Um, and that's when I like to get really loose and like drop the psychology side of it and just kind of put that <laughs> artist hat on for a minute. Um, and then you pull them all together and you say like, what's working and what answers the problem the best and, and then just iterate from there. But really indexing hard on the front end, I think is a really key piece that, um, I know it took me a long time in my career to understand and to get good at that part. Um, but it, it makes such a difference in like the work you can create. And I, and I'm talking mostly like user experience design when I'm talking that too. I, I have yeah. got some other work where it's like, it's pure art and you're just creating fun stuff and it kind of has a, a lot looser process than that. But Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scotch Parlor Podcast. Just a quick reminder, make sure you make a visit to scotchparlor.com, subscribe to the podcast, and also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Now back to the episode. Being that you are a, you know, a creative in many things, how does that impact you as a UX designer as far as um, you know, getting to that, I guess, that, that mock-up? Yeah, um, a lot. Uh, I would... I would say a lot of UX designers and probably a, a lot, especially here in the Bay Area, in the tech scene, are approach UX design almost like you would like information architecture and almost like, like a coding technical skill. Um, and I like, <laughs> I didn't graduate from college. I grew up in this like rural town in Idaho. I got into this because I wanted to be an artist and designer, you know, and then eventually stumbled my way into UX. And so my, my process, I, I will like admit right off the top that like, it's so loose. It, I'm like, I'm all over the place. I'm not organized. Um, but I think when, for me, it works like, and it helps me stumble across ideas. 
I, I've seen moments where like, I know that makes the people I work with like really uncomfortable, but that's, you know, they, they got their strengths and I got mine. And like, that's where we come to together to make cool uh -huh. ideas. Um, but I think we're being a little more like artistic leaning though. I can start to see it, um, not just organize it, but like, you know, you got the, like the vibe check where you're like, is this, is the vibe right on this? Like, are we going uh -huh. in a good direction or is it, um, is it off? And I think some other some other people sometimes struggle with that aspect of it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So that so then uh, your visual, your arts uh, is really it's a I mean it's your strength at the end of the day. But but you're also combining that 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 UX type of I guess the intellect or that that design philosophy uh, and yep. combining as one. And that that makes you Kaisen. All right. Yeah, yeah. So design <laughs> awesome. like a really like heavy uh technical problem to solve as a designer and i'm just like oh i can't i can't do this guys like, me out. <laughs> that's awesome there you go so then like as far as projects man like what uh what's been some of your favorite projects that you've worked yeah on? yeah the work i'm doing at rivian right now is is by far my favorite i've done in my career but okay. it's not ready to be out in the world yet so okay. I'll, I'll just put it in that one <laughs> All right. um can you actually what is the company though what what kind of yeah, rivian uh, rivian is um an electric vehicle company so what they are doing is they're creating like an electric truck and a, an electric suv we'll be shipping them to customers this summer it's kind of like they've been 10 years in the making and we're finally like at the end where we're cresting over the hill and starting to deliver some stuff and with being like an electric truck and an suv company um they have like an awesome vision of how they want to improve the world and, you know, help with climate change issues and help get people outdoors and having like outdoor experiences and connecting with nature. And so it, the, the sandbox that they've created just by their principles that are guiding the work is huge. And it's so fun to kind of be in this headspace where going all the way back to like my 18 year old designer that wants to make an impact That's, in the world. It's, dude, it's landing was... like all the way back. That's what I was just gonna yeah. say. I'm like, just from the bit of me knowing you, that sounds like a perfect company for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's my dream role right now. I love Dude, it. Dude, that's dope. That's dope. Yep. All right. Uh, sorry, we got a little sidetracked about your current company, but what about your favorite projects? No. Yeah, favorite projects. Um, so I, I don't know if I have like a specific project per se, but when I was uh -huh. at Boosted, I was there for four years, and the, Boosted is an electric skateboard company. And they were, they were trying to reinvent the way you move through cities. Like you get in a city and you're stuck in traffic the whole time. And so they said, hey, what if we, this is before the whole like scooter mania happened. Um, this was like, yeah, you're right. When, yeah. And we, we thought like, why don't we get an electric skateboard and you can pack it up, take it in your office. You don't have to lock it up and worry about your bike being stolen outside uh, and rethink how we move through the cities. And so what for me was really fun is we worked with a lot of like, you know, pro snowboard photographers and like we, I got to work with like Tony Hawk and That's Annie cool. McDonald down in San Diego and like really think like, how do we take this pretty like admittedly nerdy thing of an electric skateboard oh, yeah. and bring like <laughs> a sense of art to it in the way that we represent it and bring a sense of like athleticism to it um, and try to rethink how how you could use a skateboard as like a means of transportation um and that was that was that was so much fun so i was with them for about four years okay so I, I can't really say that certain project but a one-off project that i really love is uh i got to design some skateboard or some snowboards for a oh, friend cool. out of salt lake city 
and that one uh that was like out of the ux world it was just like pure art let's make this thing beautiful and i i did it originally as like a pro bono thing just to check off the bucket list of like wanting uh -huh. to design a snowboard and then his <laughs> business took off and uh and now like we just finished up like a collab with black diamond equipment this that like outdoor brand where we're co-branding a snowboard with them and it's like turned into like a real thing which is is super fun and surprising one of those projects that like you never could have foreseen that that's what would come out of like yeah. this pro bono thing and it's it, over the years it's just kind of grown and it's been really cool to watch that is cool all right man doing so so what, what's the name of the company the snowboard uh, that company is called cardiff snowboards okay cool 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 cool, cool. Yep. so are you a, snow... a couple... Go ahead. I'm, a, I'm a skier but don't tell them that uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up like obsessed with skiing. That was skiing, my, okay. my burning passion as a kid. It's funny because like me, like right before when I used to ski when I was younger as a kid, and then that was right when snowboards were taking off. So I almost got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm getting pretty good at skiing, and then I was like, I switched over to snowboarding, and I never got good at snowboarding. So then I was like, I always, <laughs> I always like, because you know what got me was the shoes on the snowboarding because I hated walking in the ski boots. Right, right. <laughs> no, I got I got to that same moment and like was right on the edge of switching uh -huh. to snowboarding, and then kind of got this like. You know what? Everybody else is switching to snowboarding. I'm gonna stick with skiing, and I'm gonna like make it cool. And then skiing kind of like evolved into being this like twin tips and park and like all this stuff. And like I kind of rode that train. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, so but yes, skiing. I could I could go off on a huge tangent tangent on skiing oh, at the right, time, gotcha. but that's burning passion there. All right, cool, cool, man. Well, uh, the other, you know, as a designer, what what do you find? What's the most difficult part of being a designer? Hmm. That's a good one. I, for me, and it's probably different for everybody. For me, it's, it's, uh, it's just like always being on like mentally from like a creative standpoint. I feel like I, I'm developing like patterns of the way, the way I see the world and the way I can improve the world and the way the world works. And you're constantly like deconstructing problems and then rethinking better solutions. And sometimes that gets overwhelming. And like, I just want to be like, okay, like just, stop no more ideas like let's uh, just rest your brain yeah and, and i guess actually i'm lying i'm fine with that being always on i can tell it's exhausting for like my wife or like <laughs> the people around me that are like hey man just like can you relax for a minute um and, oh, yeah, other, and, and maybe like with that that's hard for me too is i i sometimes will treat like my body as just like another tool to create something and we'll forget that, hey, I got to take care of myself too. Oh. Like I can easily like blow through lunch and not eat or work way late into the night. And I've had moments where like, uh, like, like, dude, I've had times when like, I'm having like this bad, like pain that I think is like my kidney or like my appendix or something. And I'll go to the doctor and they'll be like, no, you're just like stressed. Like you just need to like tone it down. And I realized that like, I'm stressed. Like I didn't even... I didn't even like, know I was stressed until like I sit with it for a second. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm way stressed. Like I gotta, I gotta take a breather here. Well, so then that, um, I mean, obviously you're just in your zone, your creative zone. Right. And that could, that's, yeah. that sounds like it's almost gonna be a double-edged sword, right? You, you, it, it you, you love yeah. being it, but you, but you gotta remember to, you know, take a breath. But so, I mean, I, we're going to go back on the positive side, I guess. So yeah. what does creative, I mean, I know when you get in that zone, it could be bad, but what does it, I mean, does it, well, how much do you love that? Like, it's like, 
What does yeah, creating yeah. do it, for you? It totally is a double-edged sword because I, I love, like, I love creating stuff. I, I love whether it's like a new business idea and I'm using design to bring that to life or whether it's a snowboard or some random like thing, I, I love making it. Um, and it's, I, I think, I think what's so rewarding about it is, is it feels like when you design something or create something that you're not necessarily oh, to wax poetic for a second, you're not, you're not making it. You're almost like discovering it. And it's this process of like, like, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? And you just ask yourself these millions of questions during the process until like something is there that wasn't there when you started. And, and like, yeah, you kind of created it, but you almost like shaped it and, and revealed how it is. Uh -huh. And I love like, I, I've had so many projects where I finish something and I look at it and I'm like, man, I never could have just created that or thought I could create that when I first started. But now that it's done and I take a step back, it's like, it's, it's like, wow, like that impresses me. And then it, yeah. almost in a way that it's like, it feels like it wasn't something I even created. It's something I almost discovered. Um, That's cool. And that, that is incredibly rewarding to feel that happen. Now, do you um, battle with perfectionism? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That, and that's <laughs> the that's the double edged sword, right? That's that's yeah. why you're still you get yourself straight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. I um, yeah, a, a lot of that, like in everything, <laughs> not just design, but like like personal growth and like mm -hmm. learning and being a dad and like all these things. That just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I I put myself I put a lot of pressure on myself all the time that probably doesn't need to be there. Well, okay. So then, being that okay we got that part now as far as we and you've mentioned the word secret sauce a few times so what do you find what is your secret sauce on why you have been so successful and to where you are today yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> if okay. i'm totally candid but i i think something that i have is just like a deep curiosity for lots of things um like i don't I don't really read about design. I don't really listen to design podcasts or watch design YouTube videos. Um, I, I get, I fall into these like holes of learning about something that is completely like not related to anything I'm doing. And then somehow that hole that I fell into, like feels like it makes a full circle and comes back to being directly related to something I'm working on like several months later. And so I think just that like insatiable curiosity um, plays a big role so like whether that's like hey I, I think I want to be a photographer and so then I'll go like on this deep hole of like studying photography and listening to things about photographers and reading photography books and going to photo, photo shows and then like I you know create this photo blog and like really try to like see oh, if I oh, wanted man. to be a photographer could I be a photographer and then once I reach the point where like I got I have clients reaching out like hey I'd love for you to do my photos for this or that then I'm kind of like eh like <laughs> I did it like that was fun and now I want to like jump into like something else. Um, design's been the only constant that I've I've just continually keep falling back to, but there's lots of like curious tangential like areas that I love to explore, and I think that's made a really big difference in in what I've been able to create and who I've been able to work with and stuff like that. Dude, that's that's so cool. I, I don't I I. Yeah, I don't feel alone anymore as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I told, like it's kind of like when you find something, you go all in and and you go to like, yeah. all right, cool, and you 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 learn it and you enjoy it. But then when it gets to that point when it becomes like 
I'm almost at a point where like it doesn't become that passion. Oh, I want to say passion, but it, when you and you want to say get paid for it, yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. to get paid for something, but but then it's like you're doing it on certain terms and it's not coming out natural and and it kind of kind of turn you off, but at the same time, I mean, give and take. It, for me, it sort of feels like I'm constantly just throwing up a sail and saying like, can this catch wind? And if it does catch wind, does it like the direction it's taking me? And if it, it doesn't, and if it like it catches wind and I like the direction, then I'll, like, I'll roll with it. And if I don't, then I'll like drop the sail and I'll try something else. So um, like my, my thing now that's outside of design entirely is um, I've become like obsessed with meditation and mindfulness. And so I went and I took this like 100 hour meditation teacher training course. And I've got like a daily, like 30 minute dedicated meditation practice every day. And I've gotten really into like weird stuff like breath work and like holotropic breathing and plant medicine. And now uh-huh. I'm like signed up for like this uh, free diving class in like a couple weeks to go like learn how to use your breath work to swim in the ocean without like a scuba tank and do all these things. And my wife's like, what are you doing, man? Like this has nothing to do with anything that you're working on. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm throwing up that sail and I just want to see where it goes. And, and maybe six months from now, I'll be like, cool did that one ready to move on to something else but but maybe not too and that's that's the part that i love just exploring dude you know what one thing i love about you already is the fact that you're willing you go all in but you don't once you you're like all right cool i'm i'm cool uh you're you're you you move <laughs> like you don't want like like you don't necessarily have to become a master you just get to that point where you're like all right i'm good and I learned yeah. it and I, and now I can move on because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious about something else. And I think yeah. that, that is dope. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it, it sort of is freeing and it, it feels like once you get a momentum of that happening, it becomes easier to just let go of things. Um, like one, you, you asked me previous to this conversation, like, Hey, do you have like an Instagram I could link to or something? And I was like, no, dude, I don't. And I did, I definitely did. And I, I was Instagram for me was one of those things that like I went all in on and I was like, okay, like if Instagram is where it's at, then I'm going to try to build a following and I'm going to try to like make it look dope and like tell a story. And I did and like attracted several thousand followers and it was like, I was doing it. And I'm also like at the same time doing it for brands that I work with. So I understood like, what's the game you got to play? How do you get followers? How does it all work? And then just reached a point like for myself where I was like, you know what? I did it and I know what it takes to do it and I don't really want to do it anymore. <laughs> and I just deleted it. And like, and it, when you, when you delete your Instagram or your Facebook account, like they're really smart and they try to like give you Keep all it. these like barriers to do it. Oh, really? like, are you sure you want to delete it? Like, yes. So like, are you sure, sure you're going to delete it? And I was like, well, now that you're asking me for the first time, like maybe not, but like, I don't know. I kind of got, I kind of got frustrated that they would even like, make it like, difficult to delete it and they're like yeah screw you guys like i'm done and just deleted it and then it was there gone go. so i might bring it back at some point but it was it was really freeing to be like hey i know i've got a lot of cool memories on there i know i've got a lot of cool captions and connections uh-huh. with people but i kind of trust that like the flow of life is going to go and other things will open up and i don't need to get too precious about anything that's that's happened yet so Super delete cool. it's gone <laughs> super cool hey there you go more yeah. power to you buddy that's awesome uh, as far as uh inspiration though like so who inspires you what inspires you uh tell me a little bit about that yeah yeah um you know i i i and maybe this is a false but i don't really follow designers too much um 
I wish I did. Like when I talk to some designers and they know everything about everything with design, I'm like, I should probably study my field of, of career more than I do. But I, I keep finding myself drawn to uh, more like activists and thought leaders in different spaces. So um, like a big one for me right now is understanding like permaculture and ecology and how the, our food production isn't helpful for climate change and what I can do in my own backyard to offset my own, you know, food production habits. And, uh, and like, and it's kind of one of those things, again, like that actually then on my day-to-day -day work at Rivian, as we're trying to tackle some of these climate change issues is actually influencing a lot of the way I'm approaching. But the inspiration isn't coming from a designer that I really love and want to model their work after. It's coming from something way, way like left field. And then it, it makes that circle and, and brings it home eventually in the end. Nice. Okay. Well, no, that's totally cool. Like, yeah, I mean, and I guess, and that's the way you are too, right? I mean, the curiosity of, 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 of you as a designer, you, you're not necessarily going to be following, like you said, designers or reading specific design books. You get your, 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 your fire from other outlets in essence. Yeah. And there's a few designers that I really love. Like there's, um, uh, a guy named, uh, uh, Aaron Draplin and he's, uh, he's amazing like graphic designer but he also like comes from this rural town like doesn't do design by the rules that you're supposed to do design from uh -huh. and gains all this inspiration from other places like he started snowboard magazine and like all these things like that and uh, and I, I love reading stories about that but for some reason i guess i just haven't spent enough time in new york to like really like love design for the sake of design like I, maybe i should but um <laughs> maybe maybe at one point in my career i'll get curious about design oh, and like go. go down that hole <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what's something that you uh, that you wish you had known before you became a designer um i think so what one thing i didn't understand at all early on was and this is especially true for UX design in a business is yes, it's super cool that you can take an idea and bring it to life and like give it some substance. But because of how cool of a power that is, you kind of become like the linchpin in so many big business decisions that are made. And that puts a lot of pressure and stress on a designer. Um, so you've got like the leadership team that needs to see some stuff. Uh, you've got the business like saying, okay, we've got to, make more money or we need to do this new initiative. Can you bring that to life for us or show us what that will look like before we're willing to invest all this money into it, which is a really cool, like responsibility and opportunity, but also it, it makes it, yeah, that pressure sometimes can get really big and you're like, Hey, I just wanted to be an artist. And somehow I stumbled into this like career and here I am. So, uh, I think that's something that's still like, even for myself, I, I wrestle with on like, do I want to play that game? Like, do I want even though design is really cool and kind of a huge influence, do I want to continue to put that influence out there all the time? Or do I want to just buy a cabin back in Wyoming and go home and like make some cool art and snowboard and like call it a day? Um, so that's, that's something that I think going way back to when I first started, I didn't understand fully like the responsibility, I guess, within a business that designers end up carrying. Gotcha. Okay. That would totally, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a lot of, uh, <laughs> it's like you hold, you hold the power, man. You hold the power yeah. and, they, and you, the whole business is relying on this design. <laughs> yeah, and then like, it, it's weird to think back, but like, you know, going back when we talked about the humanizing side of design, um, 
when you look at like everything you use online, it was designed like somebody designed that and every single thought there, every single interaction that happens came from a thought that somebody had. And so I don't know, like look at, look at Gmail, look at like Facebook or Instagram, like somebody is designing each of those things that are affecting millions of people. And you understanding that responsibility of how the choices you make can influence and affect maybe the anxiety that somebody feels every time they open their email inbox or the social pressure to perform in a certain way when they're curating their own Instagram feed. Those aren't just accidents that those things happen. Somebody is designing that experience. And so um, that is a, a like an ethical responsibility that like I feel and take very seriously that I didn't understand was attached to the job of being a designer way back like 10 years ago when I was first like, you know, getting a footing in, into the space. Nice. That's awesome, man. Uh, advice. Advice for someone that wants to get into your space. As you, so, I mean, yeah. UX, new UX designer. And what would what would be some tips, a tip or two that they could use? For yeah, yeah. Career? I'd say there's, in my mind, there's kind of three steps to go through to become a good designer. Um, you've got to learn the tools and you can't really get around that one. So, like, if you can't afford design school, which uh, I can't either, uh, then don't do design school and just learn on YouTube. Like there's so much content online. Go get some tutorials and just make some stuff and continually make stuff. And then start your own side projects and make stuff there. And then start to leverage those side projects to go get job opportunities that align with what your values are and the type of work you want to create. Um, but don't let... Uh, don't think you can skip learning the tools because you can't. That's like 101. But then also like at a certain point, you have to let go of the tools and be like, okay, now those are a thing that I can use in my drawer of things to pull from. And now I got to learn to think. And that's like the harder part. But that's actually when design starts to get fun is that's when you need to get curious about like everything around you and get curious about like your ethical responsibility and get curious about how do you grow your career and all like all those things and and then you've got the again that back drawer of tools that you can pull from to help visualize and bring to life some of these curiosities but um i i see like i have i get a lot of emails from like different designers asking the same question of like which does which school should i should i go to or like which which you know company should i go work for and i i think those aren't the right questions i think like check the box of learning the tools and then get really curious and things will just start to open up the more curiosity. But like, you also have to create the work. I can't yeah. tell you, like I'm at a point now in my career where I'm not working like 24 seven, but there was a good seven years there early on when we had, you know, a young baby, like our first son. And I was thinking that I needed to finish school. So I was working full time, going to school, um, half time, had a new baby. And I was basically designing from like, 8 a.m. in the morning until midnight every day wow. and then on weekends wow. for like a good five-year period and it sucked and I wouldn't say like you have to do that but I because it wasn't good for me that's when I started to have like those the kidney pains and like all these like <laughs> body breakdowns uh -huh. but the the flip side of that is uh when you do a lot of work it it refines your craft and it pushes you forward so you can't like I guess look past the power that just putting in the time has on it you know it's like that malcolm gladwell ten thousand hours thing like you've got to put in your ten thousand hours before things will really start to click and to move for you and no amount of like emailing and looking for mentors is going to make up the difference of just putting in the time and and going for it 
Yeah, yeah, you got to put in the work. <laughs> At the end of the day, yep. you got to put in the work. Okay, yep. no, that's, that's awesome advice, man. Awesome advice. Why? So, okay, my acronym, WIDWID. Why I do what I do. So if you say this to yourself, what's my WIDWID? Why do you do what you do? That's a good one. I like the acronym. For me, I, I have like a really strong value set that guides my life. And design is the best tool to bring the values and, and to shape the world that I want to see um, in like a tangible way that feels like it can, it can move forward. Um, and I would say it's the best tool that I've found that works for me. Uh, I've tried, you know, photography has shown up as a thing. I've been interested in video and film at certain times. Um, at some point, I think I'd like to be a writer. I haven't commit, I haven't got that, like, I want to be a writer thing yet and obsessed there, but I, I'd like to. Um, but I think that's what I, that's what I want to do is I want to create something and I want to shape people's attention in a way that moves us towards like a better sense of understanding on how we fit in the world or a better understanding of self or a better understanding of like consumerism, you know, and like all these things that are like big questions that I feel like I wrestle with design gives me that, that tool to, to wrestle with that in like a, a creative way. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's inspiring. I love it. That's, that's, uh, cause I always ask at the end, what's your legacy that, that that's going to be your legacy. That's, that's your legacy. To answer. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I I, yeah. It's, that's a, it's tough though. Like I think everybody, everybody struggles a little bit to like understand who they are and like, how do they want to show up in the world? Um, and I selfishly, I think work out a lot of those questions for myself through like the projects that my employers have in front of me or through like a side project that I have going on. Um, because like once you start to put words down and put shapes down and frame your thinking, you, you realize where your thinking might be flawed or where there's holes or where you want to go deeper. Um, and I, I love that like process of just massaging all that together. All right, dude. Awesome. Awesome. The, so we, you kind of brushed on it uh, as far as I know you have your photography blog that you have mm -hmm. with your, with your wife and you take, I mean, your photography is incredible and I love the black and white, the, 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 the way you, you capture shots. Is that, is that something you do? I mean, you still do the photography um, as far as, yeah. I mean, I do yeah. have the blog. Mostly, but... Yeah. Yeah. Mostly as like a side project and especially now that COVID has happened and we're all kind of stuck indoors. Um, I haven't, I haven't done as much with the other brands, but, um, photography is the fastest way to create something. And I think that's what feels very, um, satisfying with it. Design, it takes me like a long time to, to build a website, but photography, I can go out in an afternoon with my son to the beach and create all this stuff, come home, edit the photos. And I'm, it's like immediate gratification of like, Ooh, that was cool. And that, that <laughs> captured what that feeling felt like. So. Yeah, they, I think it'll it will always be a part of my creative process, whether or not it's the part I'm getting paid for, or it's the part just to like be expressive. I that's still to be determined. Gotcha. Well, what uh, other and what other uh, creative outlets is he on photography? Are you into right uh, now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this sounds like a weird thing to label as a creative outlet, but meditation has been really, really big for me, and I think it's it's just the process of like letting go and slowing down and not using it as like a form of escape from like anything that I'm going through, but just drawing like a bigger circle around whatever I'm experiencing, whether that's pandemic stress or having a newborn stress or 
a new project at work or some conflict that's shown up, um, taking it the time every day to sit and to just just watch your breathing and watch when your thoughts go crazy and just like kind of label that as like, oh, there's thinking again, and then come back to your breath. Um, I, I like dabbled in meditation over the last 10 years and this last year just committed like full heartedly. And it's, it's been magical. Like it's, it puts a shininess on everything that you experience in the world that I couldn't have, couldn't have like recognized previously. No, that's cool. So it's, you've definitely seen the impact of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. 100%. Cause I've, 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 I'm like, I've tried it. I, I just, and when you say like, because they tell you catch your, when you're not thinking, when you start thinking about other things, you're supposed to catch it. But I mm-hmm. don't, I always miss it. <laughs> it's always, <laughs> it's always going. <laughs> that's okay but, too. Even, even when you miss it, then you recognize that you missed it. And that, we'll that in and of itself is like a level of awareness that you can bring in. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, because they have that on Netflix. They have that uh, guide to medication. Uh, medication. Yeah, yeah. Meditation. <laughs> guide <Yep>. to medication. That's <laughs> 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 I know, right? Uh, what's your What's your uh, Sunday like? What do you do? Uh, what's your typical Sunday like? Yeah, um, Sunday. I we usually go to the beach. To be honest, we spend the day at the beach. We, we're we're big beach people. Cool. And that might be my Idaho coming out where okay. I didn't have a beach. Where I, that's uh-huh. all I want to do now. I've learned to surf since coming to the Bay Area, and I, I love that. Um, I grew up I grew up Mormon, so Sundays my whole life were, like, very, very strict. Like, mm-hmm. put on your Sunday clothes, don't take them off, like, read your scriptures all day, pray all day, don't do anything else, uh-huh. go to church. And uh, had a big falling out with Mormonism a few years back, and okay. now Sundays... Um, I, I think some of my Mormon cultural upbringing still comes out where I'm like, I don't work on Sunday. That's like a hard no. Um, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I just love to like slow down. That's my slow down day. Basically spend time just with the kids, up. spend time with my wife, and be out nice. in nature. That's exactly. All right, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, as far as bucket list stuff, uh, what, what's one thing on your bucket list? Yeah. Can I give you two? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I've got two. Uh, I want to do an extended like silent meditation retreat and when I say extended I'm I'm talking like years my wife thinks it's like a weekend so we'll <laughs> see at some point before I die like how that plays out uh-huh. but what I do you really mean by do what, what do you mean by year what like what do you mean by years like I want to go move to India and live in an office oh like, I see I see what you're saying oh wow yeah. okay man <laughs> yeah but that's cool the other the other thing that I'm I really want to do right now is uh, like a really long bike packing trip um, I, I, where you like strap all the bags to your bike and you just go. And uh, there's a few routes that I've, I like read a lot about and, and study through Central America. And uh-huh. I'd love to just like get through Costa Rica and Panama and Guatemala cool. and just like see these beautiful places, but from a, a bike, because there's something about like experiencing it there versus like going on a vacation and like sitting in your hotel and you know uh and maybe that maybe that goes back to the wanting to be in a silent meditation retreat too like i'm i kind of just want to like slow down and like Uh experience life instead of just let it just rush by you all the time dude totally i totally agree with you the yeah as far as uh are you do you read are you a reader oh yeah 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 cool see so fiction books what are uh what, what some fiction books that you love uh fiction books i just finished one uh called the overstory and 
it is amazing. Ten out of ten. It's a story about trees. That's all I can say. You just need to read okay. it. Okay. Uh, another one, like The Alchemist, is like a classic Dune. Um, Siddhartha, like I, I kind of have my foundational ones, but I love to read. But I mostly read nonfiction, if I uh-huh. am honest. And what? So, uh, and any cool nonfiction books that recently that you're reading? Yeah, uh, one that I thought was awesome recently was Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind book, and it's all about the new research on psychedelics and how they can help mental health and not just mental health, but like spiritual health and spiritual understanding. And I thought I understood psychedelics before and uh-huh. I did not. And like, it's, it's like, a, it's the new frontier that I think will really start to emerge similar to like, you know, cannabis had its moment where it, it became legalized in lots of places. Uh, psychedelics, I think will impact society on a deeper level than, than that by huh. far. Yeah, so all right. his, his book can't recommend it enough. It's it, okay. it's called How to Change Your Mind, and by the end of it, your mind has changed, changed? on like how you're going to perceive the world. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I'll make sure you have your the, your book list listed on your cool. the Scotch Parlor account for people to check out. Awesome. <clears throat> and then and then as far as uh, cocktails, I, I, do you do you dample in uh, favorite cocktails? Yeah, you know. So I, I mentioned I grew up Mormon, which yeah, that's is like a... <laughs> super no no. Uh, but I, I've left Mormonism, and so now, uh-huh. dude, I'm, I'm like a 30-year-old that's like 16, and so when I go out <laughs> with friends, I'm like, hey, like, what do I drink, and what do I like, and they're like, yeah. oh, you should start with this, so I'm a, I'm a gin and tonic person. Cool, no, I mean, nothing wrong. I, awesome. Anytime I vary beyond that too far, I'm like, I don't know, that's gross, like, I gotta work on <laughs> <into> that one. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Gin yeah. and tonic's a classic, man. Nothing, can never go wrong with that. There you go. Yeah. And uh, lastly, uh, I want to ask you just, it's a sentence uh, where I'm just going to say your name and I want you to just answer it. Uh, Finish the sentence, basically. All right. So Kaisan is? Honestly, not that worried about it. That's that's my go-to phrase that I throw out to my wife all the time is I'm honestly not that worried about it. I might actually be worried, but but, uh, (laughs) that's the phrase. Dude. I'm putting that on my tombstone. That's what I keep telling her. I just want on there. Like, I'm honestly not that worried about it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And now, I mean, see the, I maybe see the meditation, man. You're just nice. And yeah. Cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, dude. Like, this was awesome. I, I appreciate you, your time, your story. Yeah. I, I, I learned Likewise. tons about, you know, just your, your, your mindset. You're just a super cool dude. Um, and uh, again, well, thank, you. thank, thank you for being part of this the scotch parlor family and and i i am pumped to share your your story to to the scotch parlor community so thank you very much man well thanks for having me it's always fun to be able to tell your story a little bit thank you for listening to another scotch parlor podcast please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos photos and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators and make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on instagram facebook and youtube at scotch parlor till next time cheers and go create